This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 579 of the Dressage Radio Show, official podcast of the United States Dressage Federation on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. On today's USDF episode, we're pleased to have international judge Cesar Torrente to talk about his Dressage Talks project. Karen Isberg comes on and talks about equine probiotics. After that, we're highlighting one of our favorite listeners, Ruth McCormick, who just got her USDF silver medal. Then Cesar returns for a judge's tip. Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky. This is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, Phil. Hi, Reese. How are you doing? I'm good. Yeah, we've had a, a very fun night recording. We're already laughing, so uh, you know that's a that's a good night for sure. It's a good and sign. I'll- it's a good sign when we can we can you know record the show and laugh the entire time through and have fun with it. Yeah, that's what we that's what we do on Thursday night for sure. <laughs> <laughs> well, how has your week been? Week is going okay. Uh, we actually took a, a few days off from from riding and training to visit some family. They live about five hours away, so a couple days away with with Meredith, and and that was fun. Long drive, but but totally worth it. So, oh, good. that's about it. Now we're just getting getting back into training and you know focusing on some test riding for our dress rehearsal horse show at yes. home. When- this was such a great idea, especially for people who can't show right now. So, Phil, tell everybody you talked a little bit about it last week, but this is fantastic. Well, we've uh, decided we're going to we're hiring a judge for the day just to come to the show. We're setting up the ring as it would you know as it would be at a horse show, and we're just we're going to braid the horses and get our show clothes on, and and you know getting a scribe in, and you know doing all the things for a horse show, just staying at home and and. Yeah, that that's the, that's the idea. That's that's how we're we're gonna have dressage fun, I guess. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Well, I mean, like we've always talked about, there's a lot of difference between you know saying you're gonna horse show or like oh, I'll do it. I've shared on the show on Thursdays. I try to ride through a test a lot of weeks uh, because Big Mike's one of his owners of the syndicate comes, and she's a a local judge. And I, I've asked her actually to do the same thing. We've got a couple horses that need to do some tests and some practice, so she's getting hired to come. Uh, she yeah, comes so, I mean, it's always, you know, yeah. there's a little bit of pressure when you, when you yeah. can't just say, oh, no, mulligan, we'll do it again, right. or, do it you again. know, whatever, yeah. and, and we'll, yeah. we'll get some and, scores, and, and when right. you're different when you're wearing your show clothes, and absolutely all those things, so uh, we're just yeah. recreating as best we can a show environment at home, I'm Love sure we'll still, still get the same kind of butterflies and stuff, so, sure. yeah. Be good. Well, I think it's a fantastic idea. You know, we we may, like I said, we've been talking about kind of the same idea. We've had some shows now cancel here at the Kentucky Horse Park. So when it's a little bit like our, we have a fall, a couple fall shows. So questionable if they're going to happen. So, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see. But, you know, I grin. I completely agree and know where you're coming from and love it. And uh, I'll still the idea a little bit. So if anybody has does this, let us know. Take some pictures. Phil and I always love that. Um, but we've got just a great show tonight. We're going to kind of get right to it. Um, I am also the same. I don't have a lot of news here. Just been plugging away. Uh, I had vacation uh, last week, so got to come back and that was great. I, I, I took a couple days off and read some books and, and hung out with my niece and nephew a little bit and it was awesome. So I'm kind of the same, kind of getting back at it. People are getting ready for school here on all levels. I'm getting ready to teach my university class. So I'm doing that online. So it's a little bit different for me, but it's all good. So I'm spending more time now in my office than I ever have before in a long time, but that's okay. It's working my chair, but no, it's been good. And and I have to be honest, we had Emily on the show and I did my first personal training with Emily the other day. We did it in my arena. It was great. Okay. I'm, I'm, yeah, not really comfortable going to the gym right now, but we yeah socially distanced and and had a had a um a session in the arena. I have a, a space that's matted and, and flat, so it was fun. So it was kind of fun to get back at that as well. So working on the fitness too. So I love it. Well, 
We're going to get into our show. We've got some great ideas for everybody that that's at home or wants some more free information about dressage because we love that. So right after this commercial break from the United States Dressage Federation, we're going to come back with international judge Cesar Torrenta on a fantastic program he's produced. Founded in 1973, the United States Dressage Federation has become the largest organization to represent a single Olympic equestrian discipline. At nearly 30,000 members strong, USDF is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org to learn more about USDF education, competition and award programs, and to shop our online store. Again, that's usdf.org, your online destination for dressage. Well, tonight, I am so excited to have and honored to have Cesar Torrenta. He's a lawyer, international dressage judge, and clinician on the show. Cesar, welcome. Thank you very much for having me. I'm honored to be in your program. Well, we have been honestly watching. You've been doing some amazing things during the pandemic, and you've been leading dressage talks, and you've had Jamie and Tina Irwin, Laura Graves, Hilda Gurney, the list goes on. And we just really wanted to share what you're doing, but also share your story here in our program. Okay, very good. <laughs> well, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and how you started riding? Well, I started, I wrote since I was very little, but I started riding dressage when I was 12. And when I was 14, I competed at my first dressage show. At that time in Colombia, not many kids rode dressage, so the judges were like, what is this kid doing here? <laughs> and they couldn't understand, and I was very serious about it, and I was very enthusiastic about it, and I made many mistakes with rules, and I got eliminated for not wearing gloves, and I got eliminated for not doing proper things in the warm-up, so I decided I wanted to learn the rules very well. So I took, I remember I took my first judges clinic when I was like 16 with some very important European judges. And they also couldn't believe like, what is this kid doing here? I so said like, I need to learn the rules. And of course, at that time, I already knew I was going to be a lawyer. So for me, learning the rules was important. And well, that's, that's how it all started. That seems it seems like a bit of an obsession with the rules. If you know, you, at such a young age, you got involved in in dressage and lowering. I think I think that's kind of a, a perfect match of of things. Yeah, but I have I have to admit that later on, we usually had American judges and sometimes European judges, and many of them uh, always said, "Like, why don't you become a judge?" And at that time. I was always saying, like, no, my interest is only in writing. But I help uh, and I judge many national shows in Colombia. And only like 10 years ago, I decided to go for the FEI level. So I've been, I've been an FEI judge like for the past eight or nine years, something like that. Wow. And for, for riders who want to go on that path, can you explain what that means to become an FEI level judge? Okay. So if you want to judge a CDI, an international dressage competition. First, you have to be a national judge. Then you have to prove that you have ridden at least the St. George level. Then your national federation has to put your name forward to the FEI. Then you have to take some seminars. And I started as a two-star judge. Judges in dressage internationally go from two-star to five-star. Five stars being the, the most important, the ones that judge the Olympics and the World Equestrian Games and, you know, important competitions like that. Since in Colombia, we do not have a national judges program like you have in the U.S. So we have to start with two stars. And my first course, I had to go, I had to fly all the way to Korea to take my wow. first seminar with exam. So that's that's how it started. Wow, and I would it's taking you all over years. the world, right? I mean, yes. it, it really, you judge all over the world. Yes, yes. Fortunately, yes. I'm, I have to say I'm more active in the U.S. and in Canada than in Europe. But I've, in Europe, I've, write, I've judged in Germany, in Austria, 
in Greece, and I've also been invited to Australia and New Zealand. So it's it's been wonderful. Now, are you still an active rider and training, you know, training horses and and competing yourself? Well, I I decided I had to quit four years ago because I had there could be some conflicts of interest. Like, let's say yeah. if you're qualifying mm-hmm. for the Pan Am Games, or you have a horse that is competing at at the level where you would qualify for the St. George for the Pan Am Games, then that would be a conflict of interest and I was not allowed to judge uh, in the Americas, so including South America and Central and North America. So for years ago, I decided that I could not compete anymore internationally. And from that moment on, I, I have committed more to judging and training than to writing. And also, I became older, so I'm going to be 60 years old this year, uh, the coming month. And I think there's a time for everything. Uh, And I'm a lawyer, so I have to keep my work at the law firm and all the traveling plus writing. Like, it was not enough time to do everything (laughs) properly. That makes sense completely. I think I think anyone who has a career outside along with horses, it's just it gets to, to be too much for sure. So you have started an amazing program called Dressage Talk. Can you can you talk to everybody a little bit about how you started it and what it is? Yes. I was in I usually go to Florida for the from the for the Florida season for the winter. And uh, I was judging in Florida, the city I was there this season, and until March, everything was going well. And then at, by the end of March, we were hearing about this pandemic, and I didn't know if I was going to stay in Wellington or to come back to Colombia. But one night, we hear that Colombia is going to close the international flights. Mm-hmm. So we took the last flight from Florida to Bogota. And so I arrived in my home and we had very strict quarantine. And after two weeks of not seeing a horse or not doing anything with the horses and not seeing my friends at the competitions, I usually judge at least three shows a week. So I said, I have to do something. Not a week, I'm sorry, a month. Uh, I said, I think this is a moment to do something and it's a moment to give back to the sport. And I think I could organize some talks over the internet about dressage topics. And I was thinking from the beginning, not only to have my colleagues, judges, but also to have riders and to have trainers and to have stewards. So that's how I started. And I started doing it with this Zoom uh, program. And I have to tell you, the first one, I didn't even know how to work that Zoom platform. (laughs) We had a lot of mistakes because I didn't know how to turn off the audio. So we had a lot of participants in the first one, which was with Christoph Koschel. And at that time, we were talking about, like, what is going to happen with the Olympics in Tokyo. And he is the trainer for the Japanese team. So... We, we started talking about that, and after that, every week, I came up with some new name, a new topic, and sometimes people would call me and say, like, why don't you do a program about a movement, or why don't you do a program with this trainer or with this judge? And then I have to say that lately, I received phone calls, even from Europe, people saying, like, I want to be in your program. I was like, okay, this is wonderful. What do you want to talk about? And then <laughs> we organize the topics and we're we're doing I've been doing I've done already 21 dressage talks. And it's been wonderful because we get people from all over around the world. I get people, well, 90%, I have to admit, 90% are from the US and Canada. And the rest we have people from England, we have people from Australia, New Zealand, Japan. South America, a lot of South Americans from Bolivia, Uruguay, Chile, Peru, Central America. I've had people from Costa Rica, from Guatemala, from Venezuela, 
of course, some Colombians. So it's been great. It, it has <laughs> been a wonderful experience. And I'm very happy that USDF has also backed me up. So I think it's a wonderful opportunity for everybody. I have to admit, I've learned a lot. <laughs> because all the presenters have been very good. Yes, it's, it sounds fantastic. So now you're going to have to tell us how people interested in listening to your dressage talks, how they can do that or how they can get more information and, and, and access these wonderful talks with all these, all these great trainers and judges and, and everybody that you've been hosting. Okay, it's very easy. Uh, I'm on Facebook. Unfortunately, after these talks, I've reached my 5,000 friends. So I created another Facebook that is called Cesar Torrente Dressage, where I still have more capacity. But every week I post what is going to be the next program, who is going to be in the program, what is the topic going to be. And then people just have to register by sending an email. And I have to do this in order to avoid hackers because I had a problem at the beginning with some hackers interrupting one of my presenters. So, but it's for free. All you have to do is send an email for each of the dressage talks. I have to change it every week for the same reason to avoid yeah. hackers. hackers. But it's very easy. All you have to do is oh, send me an email and then I'll I'll send you the the link to access it. And and Cesar, can you listen after? Are the talks available if you miss the actual Zoom call? Yes. I have a YouTube channel that is called Cesar Torrente Dressage. And actually, if you subscribe to it, you get notified every time I upload a video. And if you go there, all the talks are uploaded there and you can watch them there. And I've had various presenters from different parts of the world and with different roles. As I was mentioning before, trainers, judges, stewards. It's been fun. It's been a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, it's and I'm your friend on Facebook. I think the original page. And so I, I kept noticing um, the talks and I thought, wow, this is such an, another amazing opportunity during the pandemic where you may not be able to see your trainer or, or, or how, whatever situation you're in. You know, there's there's so much wonderful knowledge out there. And I just think this is such a fantastic program. And we can't thank you enough for coming on our show, but also offering this to, to the world as a free learning. It's fantastic. So um, again, how, what's the email where people, how, how can, just one more time quickly, how do you access the talks? Okay. Every week I post in my Facebook uh, what the chat is going to be about, what the dressage talk is going to be about. And then I write a, there the email where you have to register and as soon as I get that email, I answer back with the link to enter the the platform. It's okay. as easy as that. Oh, I love it. Well, Cesar, thank you so much for your time. And we really appreciate all your knowledge that you're giving to everyone. No, thank you very much for inviting me. And I have to tell you that I'm very happy doing this. And I, I hope this has helped many people around the world. A lot of people has watched them online, but many, many people has watched through the YouTube channel, and I'm, I'm just impressed with the amount of views that we're getting. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much. My pleasure. Thank you very much. Well, back by popular demand, we are so happy to have Karen Isberg. She's president of Kentucky Performance Products, and we're going to talk about a fantastic product from Kentucky Performance Products. Well, tonight, I am so very excited to have back from sabbatical, Karen Isberg, president of Kentucky Performance Products. And we're thrilled to have her back. Hi, Karen. <laughs> Hi, everybody. How are you? It seems like it's been forever. <laughs> it, but you know what? It's been since March, which I'm I know. Saying. It's been a long time. <laughs> it's been a long time. And, and you know, it's like, wow. I, I think there's been a time warp, hasn't there? I feel like we just were in Florida and now it's August. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's been strange. You would think that time would go slower with all this that's going on, but I find that the weeks are going much faster. I guess. I, I don't know why, but it feels to me like time is going much faster. 
it, it's going faster and slower all at the same time. Like it's like, wait, yeah, wasn't depends, it depends when you, yeah, it depends on what day and what time you, you, you ask me because there's, there's it, it goes, it's been going both ways. It's just been very strange. It, it has been so strange, but we're so happy to have you back, Karen. We've missed you. Well, thank you. And I've missed you guys. <laughs> well, we love it. And, and I'm, I'm not going to lie. I'm asking for myself because this is a product that we're going to talk a little bit about. I, I have to be honest. Uh, I've been taking a probiotic recently because I've been, you know, there's a lot going on in the world and a little anxiety going on. So I've started myself <laughs> taking a probiotic. So I thought, I really want to talk to Karen because uh, probiotic wise, and there's, there's probiotics on the market for horses. And I wanted to see, I just want to talk to you about it because like I said, I started taking it, it helps my tummy and you know, the world is a pandemic. So just wanted to talk to you about that. Well, sure. Well, we do have a product. It's called probiotic wise and, and we sell it through our veterinary only line of products. So we have two lines of products. We have the ones that we sell in the stores and over the counter. And then we have another line of products that we developed specifically for veterinarians. We sell two veterinarians and they were developed. They're a little bit stronger, a little bit more targeted products to that would be used under a veterinarian's advice. So the probiotic wise is, is that kind of product. It was, I think, have I ever told you the cow story? Have I told no. you guys the cow story? No, let's I don't hear know it. the cow well, story. Okay. No. Well, let me tell you the cow story because the cow story, it ties into probiotics. Probiotics were originally developed for cattle. And the reason why was because they wanted to increase the cow's feed efficiency, either to make more meat or to make typically more, make more milk. More milk. Yeah. More. Mm -hmm. more milk. So, so probiotics, the cow is a foregut fermenter. In other words, the cow has four chambers. They call it four stomachs. It's not really four stomachs, but there's four chambers in their, in their foregut. And after they eat, the, their food goes down into these chambers. And the very last chamber is the stomach. But the three previous chambers is where they do all their fermenting. That's where the bugs live. That's where they break down all their fiber. So when you give a cow a probiotic, it goes right into that fermentation vat, right to those bugs. It imparts all kinds of great things to the cow. And then when the cow has broken down all that fiber and gotten all the good stuff out of it, it goes into their stomach and then rests the way out. Horses are hindgut fermenters, which means the, pro the fermentation goes on behind the stomach. So everything the horse eats has to go through the stomach first, and then it gets into the fermentation vat where all, of the, for all the fiber and everything is broken down. So a probiotic works very differently in a cow than it does in a horse, because in a horse, it has to go through that acidic environment first. So a lot of the probiotics that are out there do not stay viable through that acid stomach. They die, they go on back into the fermentation vat of the horse, and they help the bugs. So they're good. They help the bugs. They help the microbiome stay balanced and, and healthy. But they don't really impart any kind of positive nutrients to the horse itself, to the horse's tissues, except for one called Saccharomyces boulardii. And that's the probiotic that's in probiotic wise. So Saccharomyces boulardii stays viable through the stomach acids in the horse and gets, and as it's transiting through the digestive tract, it's giving off all kinds of nutrients that help the horse's tissues itself. And then when it gets back into that big fermentation vat of the horse, it helps the bugs. And that's what makes this product different than just about every other product on the market right now. And that's why you see the differences you see in it. That's my cow story. I love it. That's, that's <laughs> interesting. I love that. It's story. really interesting. So, yeah. I mean, so basically, more or less, a lot of products is just being fed right through your horse. It's not helping. Well, they, they pretty much, the, the, they, they die in, in the stomach environment, in that gastric environment. And they go through and they're, they're good for the, for the microbiome because they, they, they're basically bug food. You know, it feeds the bugs and it keeps the microbiome healthy. And, and they're actually called prebiotics. So when uh, they don't right. stay I was going to ask you about the difference between. So tell, yeah. tell us about so, what's the difference between a prebiotic and a probiotic. So a probiotic stays viable through the entire digestive tract. And a prebiotic mm -hmm. is not. 
identifiable through the track. So it's, it's dead, so to speak. I mean, that's kind of a general word, but, and so it does, like I said, it does help the bugs, but it doesn't help the horse's tissues. Whereas a probiotic will help the tissues as well. as. So it will be, will it be absorbed? It will be absorbed at some point during the digestive process. But what it does is it, it releases different ingredients they're not really ingredients. They're, it releases different nutrients as it transits through the pathway. It helps, it helps decrease inflammation in the horse, so it helps healing. It impacts the cells so that they heal faster. It also impacts how well a horse digests starches and sugars. So it just keeps all those tissues healthier so that they work kind of at their optimal level. How do you know if your horse needs them? Like, how do you know? Like, well, different horses. So what we use them for, they, they, one, one thing that we've learned in the last few years, and there's a lot of talk about this in, in human medicine, is that the gut has a huge influence on your immune system. So mm-hmm. if a horse's gut is really healthy, then their immune system is really healthy. If a horse's gut is not healthy, then their immune system is not healthy. So sometimes you'll just see a horse that's kind of immune compromised. It's just getting every bug that comes along. It's doing very well. And when you start feeding them a probiotic like this, that makes their digestive tract healthier. And all of a sudden, their immune system becomes a whole lot more robust and better. So you could feed it to a horse that just isn't doing very well. You can feed it to a horse. This was was specifically developed for horses that have diarrhea um, Mm because it really clears up the diarrhea and it doesn't matter what causes what's causing the diarrhea it will help the diarrhea so this particular product um, probiotic wise also has something called fermentation metabolites in it and those that's that's things you've all heard of mos mononogliosaccharides that's um that's a yeast that attaches to the pathogenic bacteria that are in the gut and sweeps them out. So it helps balance the gut that way. So this product, it captures and sweeps out the pathogenic bacteria. It supports the healing and maintains the healthy gut tissues like we talked about, and it sustains a robust microbiome. So it's kind of like three products in one. So if you have a horse that has, has a occasional colic from gas, it will help. If they have mm-hmm. acute or chronic diarrhea, it will help. Full scours. Um, and any horse that's going through a change or, you know, you're shipping them far or they're moving to another barn, any kind of immune stress, this, this product will help that, that horse. Yeah. Yeah. We've had great luck putting horses. It does. And, and we've, we've had some great luck again. I'm very, very blessed because I can call Karen and be like, uh, what do you think? But we've had very good luck with the, the, this product and, you know, cause we have horses moving around and we have all kinds of things going on. It's not luck. It's research. It's not luck. Yeah. There you go. There's been very good research. (laughs) No, it's true. I mean, just more and more I'm in awe of the knowledge that that Karen has in her head. And we keep keep trying to coax it out every every month. I know. Well, that's why I I really wanted to talk about this product because I can't remember if we've talked about it or not, but we have been using it recently a lot. and, And I've had really good luck with, you know, the horses are looking great and, you know, horses that maybe had, you know, maybe a little something going on. And, and, and of course I've, I speak with Karen and, and Karen's amazing. Not just me. She'll talk, she'll, she'll talk with anybody, you know, about the questions and, and that's the best thing about KPP, but Karen's been great to help us. And, and we've had good luck with this product. So um, Karen, if, if other people have questions, not just me, about uh, probiotic wise or any of the other products that KPP produces, how can they find you? They can find me in a multitude of different ways. We're on Instagram now, so I hope everybody Ooh. goes out and follows us on Instagram. Yeah. Um, I think you can just search Kentucky Performance Products or KPP USA and we'll pop up. You can go to our Facebook page. People private message me on the Facebook page all the time with questions. We have email address info at kppusa.com. You can, you can send uh, questions there. They'll come to me and, or you can just call our office. 859-873-2974. Well, Karen, we can't thank you enough for coming on. We've missed you. And this is just another great product that I hope everybody can check out. And I think it, it will help your horse a lot. 
Well, you can find more information about it on, on kppvet.com. So if you want to go look it up online, that's where you can go. And then and talk to your vet and Karen as well. So thank you, Karen. And we look forward to another segment. All right, you guys take it. Be, be careful and stay healthy. Well, I am not going to lie to everybody. I have been looking forward to this interview all week. Uh, Ruth McCormick is a friend of the show. She's been our listener, I think, from the beginning. God love her. And she received her silver medal over the weekend. And I saw that Facebook post and had a little tear in my eye. And I really mean it. Ruth, welcome to the show. Thank you for inviting me. Well, it's true. We have seen you in Las Vegas, in Omaha, in uh, Tryon. We get to see you on the in, cruise. On the cruise. I didn't oh, go on the, the cruise. cruise. Yeah. Yes. But I, I really, truly, this was amazing. I am so proud of you. So tell us a little bit about yourself and your horse and, and how you got to this point. This is pretty cool. Well, I got to this point by riding for a long time. <laughs> I, uh, a couple of people may know this who are listening, but I, I started, I really only started riding when I just about was turning 40 and I went down to our local barn and took some lessons and gravitated toward quote dressage and quote really early, which, you know, is just really good walk, trot and canter and transition. So that, that took me a long, long time. And I, over the years, I, I worked with a trainer several times a week. So I've been pretty lucky. I've had a horse for I think of myself as a late in life horse owner, but I've actually had a horse for over 25 years and have, you know, had an OTTB. I've had a four-year-old warm blood, which was, if anybody wants to uh, discuss that, if you're like a green amateur, you could always reach out to me. It was not a good idea. I lived through it, but it was, you know, I was scared to ride him after I came off him and it was just, you know, just sent me back a while. Anyway, and then I had a Frisian app. And then I have my uh, warm blood mare, who's now 23, Joy, and my 13-year-old, Benji. So it took a long, it was a long progression. I think everybody out there, especially like auditors on the Facebook page, I know we all struggle with riding better. So that's kind of my history. And Reese is going to ask me at some point. So I'll just lay out that I'm 69. So I was not going to ask that. taken me. <laughs> you asked me last time. Oh, we did. So, anyway, <laughs> so anyway, the last time I was on, you did. But anyway, so it's been a long journey, and it's been a lot of work, and it's really cool to know I qualified for a silver medal. I'll just say that. Yeah, that's fantastic. No, it's true. It's it's really a journey, and I think you know, that's what it, what's interesting about the whole process is it, it really is a journey and you have to sort of, to get a silver medal. And, and, and we had talked about a little bit before we got on the show, like, what does it mean to get a silver medal and, and how did you do it? Because a lot of people say they want a silver medal, but to actually take the steps to get a silver medal is a totally different ball game. So can you tell people how you got of from, it yeah, like, how did you do it? Cause yeah. it's not easy. What you need to, to qualify is uh, two scores. As an amateur, you need a 60. As a professional, I think you need a 63. I'm not sure I remember the difference. But anyway, and you need two scores at fourth level and two scores at pre-St. George. And all the bronze, silver, and gold are you know relatively similar in what they need. But of course, the USDSDF um, rules apply. To, you know, they issue the medals. And I... I was telling Reese, I really never really set out saying I want to, well, it, in the back of my mind, I knew that if I kept working at it, I would get close to my silver medal because I now had my, my um, 23, my mare doesn't really go well in a snapple and for whatever reason. And so I really, I, like I did not show at first and second le- level. I did show her at third. But my goal really setting has really been based on every time I ride, trying to ride a little better. And on the days you don't ride a little better, there's always like the day after that to ride a little better. And I do ride with COVID. I'm riding about four times a week. Um, you know, I consider myself lucky because our barn opened in mid-May and, and my horse was fit because uh, I am in a situation where my horses get ridden when I'm not there. So that made it easier because otherwise getting it right now would be improbable, but not putting the work in toward getting it there, you know, staying, trying to stay reasonably fit and um, 
you know, ride as well as you can at every opportunity. So I'm always learning. I never mind when I have a lesson that just works on like throughness and straightness and all of that stuff. So, you know, um, I am committed to trying to ride in harmony with my, my horses. And, um, so I feel like I just got there step by step by riding a little better. I do have, um, my younger horse is one who has not been campaigned a lot, but has done a couple pre St. George horse tests with professionals. Like he was for sale before I bought him and they took him to a show and, you know, and he did, you know, better than I do on him. Um, so I was joked that I'm holding him back, but you know, he doesn't care. He gets fed, he gets loved and all those other things that horses want. Um, so anyway, so I've just got, I really have gotten there little by little by little. And I would say that to every, whether you're training level or you're, you know, no matter what level you are, it's really about trying each time to be a little better at something, be it your, you know, there are so many body parts to try to try to manage. <laughs> yes. Um, you know, yes. Plus, yes. Well, well, I think that, plus, yeah. yeah, I think that our sport is one of dedication and attrition, you okay. know, because it's, it's hard. It's, it's really hard to do well as, you know, as a, as a youngster, because, you know, the, as a teen, the teenagers are this is boring and, and then, you know, and then when you finally have the, the capacity for the focus and the and the da- daily training it's almost like your body doesn't want to go along you know daily with that idea so either your brain's a little bit too young or your body's a little bit too old and somewhere in the middle i think you can you can find the, the perfect match for the sport but you know it doesn't happen in leaps and bounds and you know it, it, you know it doesn't matter who you are or how many horses you ride every day they they each have to they each have to get a little bit better every day and you have to be a little bit satisfied with that you know like if you go out yep. one and year and you're you're scoring 65 you know at third level for instance you should you know if you can go out the next year and score 68 at third level that's pretty darn good you know what mm-hmm. I, you, you yep. know what yep. i mean about that and it's you know you're it, it's re, it's really re, really hard to increase your scores by a lot unless you're going to spend a lot of years doing it or getting up through the levels unless you're going to just really dedicate yourself to being focused and and, and like you said there's so many things to try to do well you, we just you just spend lifetimes you know lifetimes doing it i know there's a saying that it takes two lifetimes to learn how to ride dressage well so you know most of us are just <laughs> working on our first one you know that, that's all we can do that's all we can do. Well, and Phil, um, you recently said, this is pretty much a quote, I, just because you buy a pre-St. George horse doesn't mean you can ride pre-St. George. Yes. <laughs> and, yes. you know, that's the other thing. Your horse will, in a way, kind of sink down to your, not entire, but to kind of to your level, you know, in terms of you have to be able to really, you know, ask the horse to do what you want. And truthfully, my horse is a pretty darn good amateur horse he i mean and of course amateur i was i've decided i don't like that word uh not the word but the you know describing a horse but truthfully it is true because he's pretty calm he's you know he's got a little spook but not very much but it literally i bought him just about three years ago and i feel like it took a lot of that time to just really get comfortable on him you know, we would have great rides and I'd have a little setback where it's like, oh, no, what's he going to do? And then, of course, if I got focused on what's he going to do. That just gives him an excuse to, to and he doesn't do anything really bad. I mean, he's really a good boy. But, you know, it's such a journey, like having your mind in the right place. I just got the brain training book I'm going to read. And, it's awesome. Um, it is great. awesome. Yeah, it's a great yeah. book. Yeah. So, but it's, that's our it's, book club book, everyone, really for the month, right? And that's our book club month. That's what yeah. we're talking about. That's a fantastic book, and it's our book club. So we all should be reading it together. Exactly. And so, you know, I think about that, and then just to quote you, because this has been in my head since last fall when you said it. You said something about you celebrate your first Grand Prix and then you make it better. And yeah. <laughs> I feel that way about my pre St. George because it still needs, you know, you look, I look at my test and I just see all, you know, and actually I had a comment on everything, even the stuff I did well, but there's like stuff I really need to yeah. get better at. And it's hard to, it's hard to be going, yay, I got my silver medal. When in fact, I look at my test and like, oh, I could do that better. You know, dressage is, is a very hard mental sport. 
Agreed. And, yeah. and I think you're, you're right though. You know, I, I love the metal programs. I think they're fantastic. And in, in really, you know, Phil, Ruth, you've been around long enough in my life to know, like I, I have learned to celebrate the little victories. So that was mm-hmm. one of the reasons I, I wanted to call because it's, it's a huge victory to get a silver medal, but I completely agree. Once my riders get the medal, whatever medal they're working on, bronze, silver, gold, or freestyle bars, you know, then it's like, okay, now we can really get to work. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, yeah. yes, you, you never give up. There's never, no. there's never, you know, nobody has ever scored a hundred percent. So even the best riders in the world are going to, they're going to look at the test, or, you know, Isabel, I'm sure wins a gold medal and then goes home and starts training the, sh- the things that she didn't do well. That's just part of, right. that's part of the sport, right? You know, we take a look and we say, you know, we, we do this well, we do that well, that's great. Where can we pick up a, a few more points or a few more half points? Either they all mm-hmm. count, and and that that's that's the that's the personal struggle, and why we are so uh, obsessed with with this sport is not about the competition, but about striving to improve. Right. Because right. perfect's not possible. Right. You know, mm-hmm. a ten a ten is not perfect. A, a ten is excellent. So I think you know, personality wise, we are all just striving to to produce. Excellent riding every day. If you do that, the successes will come. Yeah, well, exactly. And I would, I would say that if you, you know, like really the issues I think that you have as you move up the levels are, you know, having the right amount of bend in your lateral movements and really keeping your, unless your horse is like so forward naturally, and my horse is kind of a good combination, but really keeping him really forward enough for this. I look at my tests. You know, when somebody videos them, and I'm like, oh, you, you know, like you really lost the opportunity. You really lost yeah. the opportunity to go more forward. You know, in it, you know, because I think, um, I think Andrea calls it lizard brain. I, I, I always thought I didn't get nervous, but in fact, I don't get nervous. Like I don't want to throw up. You know, like some people get nervous in all different ways, but I realize that it doesn't mean that my brain functions great. It's still in show mode, and it's still a little bit like, you know, not not so clear as it needs to be. So all that's just, it's just a work in progress because it has occurred to me that, that I have a good chance of being able to move toward my gold medal. I don't know how old I'll be because it's not imminent, but right. all of a sudden it's like, wow, yeah, it's a possibility. if I keep it up, I think I can get, cause my horse can, you know, I have a horse who can do it. He can do most mm-hmm. of it. I, it doesn't mean he can do it all like put together neatly in a test. But it's, I mean, that's, that is motivational, but it's not about the metal. It's really about trying to ride better every day. The journey. Well, Ruth, we, again, congratulations, high five, all the things. We're so proud of you. And uh, thank you for being such a great supporter of our show and all our listeners. And we want to, we want to have you back on girl for the gold medal. Just saying. Okay. Well, that that means that you're signing up for more than another three months or so. You know. I know. Well, I'm yeah, still on for Reese's three months. Have to stay around. I'm gonna stay around for a little like, bit. Right? Three months. Yeah. yeah. Well, it was everybody. Very, that's it an was inside joke. Nice. <laughs> it is about how yeah. long they said they'd do the show originally. It's going to take a while. Trust me. Yeah. Um, but I really, <laughs> and I was really honored that that you reached out and wanted to speak with me. So thank you both. Well, very congratulations. Much. We're so proud of you, and thanks for being a huge supporter of the radio show. We but we like to celebrate successes along the way. So congratulations. And we yeah, we like Perfect. that you send us email. You're one of our our emailers. We can. And we love emails. We love we love getting your emails and you know sometimes they're they're updates yeah yeah love so it. it's it's awesome we love it we love very our good. community and we're so proud of you so keep it up girl I know we're gonna good. stand up for another very three good. months just just for your gold medal okay <laughs> talk to you soon Thanks Ruth so congratulations well Phil I'm not gonna lie we have a new friend around here and it's our postman and he delivered us. <laughs> It's true. It, we, we, it's a joke around here because we're like, oh, he's back. Today he complimented Sarah on one of her horses on how nice he was. So it's a joke that because the postman's here every every day. And the other day, couldn't have been happier when he delivered some stability stirrup leathers. We had a horse. Uh, he came in for training and the owner said, I really need some new stirrup leathers. And I said, oh, I know exactly the kind you should get. And <laughs> so, but that's how much we love these stirrups. I'm, I'm slowly every saddle. I only have one left that needs these stirrups and stirrup leathers in my barn because we love them that much. 
Everybody, everybody's getting converted. I have the same thing yeah. with my clients. You know, you know, not everybody j- jumped on the train right away, but you know, as saddles and and leathers get used, and sometimes they wear out, and you know, the, the, when they, when people are asking for advice, or you know, do you know any good ones or whatever? I, it's always the products from Total Saddle Fit. Yep. You know, they're Hi. great. They're great quality, and the price point you can't beat. So, why not? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So if you have any questions about the stirrups or about any of the products that Total Saddle Fit has, check out totalsaddlefit.com. Justin over there is fantastic. He can answer all your questions. And we truly, truly cannot recommend these stirrup leathers enough. So thanks, Justin, for all you do for the show. And we hope you guys enjoy. Well, we have a fantastic tip, judge's tip. We were able to have Cesar Torrenta. He stayed on the program today and gave us a great tip. And we hope you enjoy this total saddle fit tip of the week. This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief girth at totalsaddlefit.com. Well, for this week's Total Saddle Fit Tip of the Week, we have lawyer, international judge, clinician, and and moderator of Dressage Talk, Cesar Torrenta, back on the show. Thank you for staying on. Hello. How are you doing? We are so thrilled to have you. And and I told you the story when we first got on, on the call this evening. I was your scribe here at the North American Young Rider Championships it's been a couple years ago here in Lexington, and I just had a lovely day with you as your scribe. And I was uh, one of the things that I learned. We watched that day a lot of pre St. George's <laughs> that the kids did. I I can't remember how many, but a lot. And and what really happened was you really were so good about the circle in the pre St. George. So where the riders will ride a shoulder in an eight meter circle to a half pass. And I, I was so, I, it really changed the way I think of coaching circles and riding circles. So I actually asked you if we could do that for our tip of the week um, and, and, and talk about circles. That's great. That's a great <laughs> idea. And I'm, I'm really glad you enjoyed scribing for me. <laughs> I did. I learned a lot that day. You, you, you learned a lot that. about, about riding yes. tests and, you know, how to ride the test well. And, you know, it's really, I think it's great to figure out exactly how things are judged and where you can pick up a lot of points that, uh, or lose a lot of points that, that have not a lot to do with, with fancy horses, but just accurate test riding. So, you know, I, I think, you know, anybody who wants another type of learning experience should, should go out and volunteer at a show and scribe for a judge. And, and you, you learn so much that way. Yes. I, th- I think circles are very important and not only for prison George, but circles are very important from training level. And the importance of riding a proper circle is that judges want to see that the horses are able to bend equally in both directions and that the shoulders are not falling in or out or the haunches are not falling in or out. So from training level, you have to show that your horse can properly bend to both sides. You must ride accurately. If it's 20 meters, it's 20 meters and not 15 or 12 or 25. Many times in training (laughs) level, we see circles that look more like a square or look like an egg. And geometry is important because if you ride a proper geometry, of your circle, then you're showing the judge that you are in full control of your horse's bend and that you can control the shoulders. So if the horse is dropping the shoulder to the outside, it's because you're not using and you don't have enough outside rain. Or if the haunches are dropping out, it's because the horse cannot bend properly. So it's very important from training level up to St. George, as you were saying. Yes. I, I was just gonna I was just gonna ask you to comment a little bit on the importance of being able to show a really good circle in a show is great, but it, it relates back to the you know the importance of of training a, a dressage horse 
and how all these things are just so important in teaching a horse to to balance and and bend and and be properly trained for the higher level movements. Well, one of the things when we judges we usually talk always about the training scale. And then of course we have rhythm and we have suppleness and we have straightness. And then when you ride a circle, if your horse is not supple enough and if the horse is not straight enough, and when we say straight, doesn't mean only straight, but he can properly bend to both sides. So if during the circle the horse cannot bend, he's not supple enough, you don't have control of your shoulders and your haunches, and then, of course, you cannot get higher marks. And then this also would affect, in the lower levels, the collective marks. It would affect effect of the aids, and it would also affect submission. So I think it's very important, and many people, you know, throw away points in circles, just but not writing them properly. Sometimes because they're not paying attention, and sometimes because they just cannot properly bend the horse. But but it's very important, and you can get a lot of points if you do it properly, but you can also throw away points if you don't ride, ride them carefully. And that was so evident the day that we rode together because, or that I, that I described with you and I was with you for the day because we had a lot of young riders, some of which had some amazing horses and some riders had some normal horses. And that was what you really stressed with, with, as we were going through the day was this was a place that it didn't matter how fancy your horse was. If, if your geometry was correct and your bend was correct you saw the riders sometimes on the big horses not paying attention to that. So I thought that that was really interesting as as that was a place where you could really gain points, but you could really lose points as well, right? Yes. And you you see, we, we have circles, different sizes from training level up to intermediate one. So you really have to, to, to ride the size that is prescribed in the test, not make it smaller, not make it larger. And that shows to the judge that you are in full control of your horse, that you have a good connection, that you have that your horse can properly bend and that he can keep the rhythm. Sometimes you see a lot of pulling on the inside rein, so the neck is bent more than it's than the rest of the body of the horse. We want to see a uniform bend from pole to tail with the horse bending around the inside leg of the rider. So it's very important. And uh, you see, this is connected with corners as well, because actually a a corner is a quarter of a circle. So I always stress not only to the riders that it's not only important to ride proper circles, but to ride proper corners. If you ride a proper corner, let's say for the St. George, before you're going to start your shouldering, then the shouldering will work well if you did a good corner. I'm from your shouldering. If your shouldering is correct, that's the same bend that you will maintain in the circle. And if you prepare out of the circle to your half pass, then you will get higher marks showing that the horse can properly bend around your inside leg. Yes, I I think this all relates back to being able to really, I mean, we ride a lot of circles in lessons and in training of the horses, but the fundamentals are just really so, so important. And, you know, you can't ride half a lesson or, or, you know, you go out to train your horse and ride half a ride where, you know, you're, you are being lazy about about circles and about corners and then decide how, you know, halfway through a ride, you're going to pick, you know, pay attention to that. I think you really, you know, right from the warm up, I really encourage people to, you know, be accurate about these things because it flows through, you know, through the training and it's just good, good practice to, to practice things correctly because you don't want to get really good at doing doing them wrong or do, or being lazy about it and you know it's it's all about focus and 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 proper practice 
I, t- I totally agree with you on what you're saying. It's very important. Perfect practice makes perfect performances. Because you can, you can, you know, do circles and circles and circles at home. But if the hunches are dropping out or you're just pulling in with the inside rein, you cannot expect that the horse will go to the, to the show and do a proper circle. And the same, I should say, for the warm-up. It's very important to use the warm-up. You know, horses are usually, they don't equally bend to both sides. That's one of our jobs as riders and as trainers. And this is for the benefit of the horse as well, you know, to develop his muscles equally on both sides. So if you have a horse that has a tendency to lean in or to lean out, you have to start working on that from your warm-up so that you have the same connection in both hands, that you can keep him straight, you can bend him equally to both sides, and that you have to prepare in the warm-up. You cannot expect to do awful circles in the warm-up, and then you're going to do a good one when you're presenting your test. So I totally agree with you. It's very important to do perfect practice at home and during your warm-up. Fantastic. Well, Cesar, we cannot thank you enough for all of your knowledge this evening. And we also want to make sure we give everyone the information for the great talks that you're giving that are that are online. They're free of charge. How can our writers and listeners find out about Dressage Talk? Well, you can go to my Facebook page, page which is Cesar Torrente Dressage. And every week I will post there the title of the next dressage talk and the name of the presenters and you will find there also an email you just send me an email and i'll answer you back with the link to enter to our dressage talks that are totally for free and they're also uploaded afterwards in my youtube channel cesar torrente dressage where you can watch all the videos that we've done we've done 22 so far That's fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time and what you're giving to all of us, uh, your knowledge and information, and we can't thank you enough. No, thanks for having me. I really appreciate your invitation and good luck with your program. (laughs) Thank you. Well, we were really serious today. We were so thrilled to see longtime listener and friend of the show, Ruth McCormick, get her silver medal. Please, if you also hit a milestone and you're a listener of the show or or we have somehow helped in any way, send us an email or Facebook shout out. We're always watching and, and we love to celebrate success. That's one of my favorite things to do along this journey that we're all on together. So please, please, please send us any emails or Facebook and we'd love to We'll shout out to for you here on the show, and we love that. So uh, congratulations again to Ruth and anyone else who's gotten some medals recently. The United States Dressage Federation is your connection to dressage education, competition, and achievement. Visit usdf.org for more information. That's www.usdf.org, the online destination for dressage. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search Dressage Radio Show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com. You can find me on Facebook under my name, Reese Koffler Stanfield, or my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com. I think the best way to find me is through Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. Everybody, keep your heels down, your shoulders back, and stay well. And we look forward to talking with you next week. (laughs) 